from Universal Studios Hollywood in beautiful Los Angeles, California. ToadHopNetwork.com. Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching. Live from the Toad Hop Network at the John Lovitz Theater, this is Laugh It Off with Craig Shoemaker. Hey. Hi, everybody. I'm excited. Are you? Yeah. yeah. I vacillate between the words excited, energized, and Nervous. control freak. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or dominant. I'm so control freak right now. Well, the thing is, okay. it, it, it's it's a fine line that one draws when you are like the leader of uh, a show. Uh-huh. Like the, the humble part of me wants to say, well, it's all one and, you know, and so forth. But then again, you know, headlining the comedy shows and headlining this basically. So I have to have some amount of control. Yeah. And I get energized and then that turns into dominance because people go, you're intimidating me. So... <laughs> These are the places I vacillate in um, in presenting myself to the world. So can whenever I feel like you're trying to or you're being a little controlling, can I just be like, hey, Craig, you're being really excited right now. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Let me process it myself. You could do what you usually do. Just give Shut me a down. No, yeah, give, me a, <laughs> give me a blank stare. The puppy dog. That's me processing. You have the doe eyes that happen. The, the, yes. No, that that's more of an act of uh, that looks psychotic. The look that you're giving right now. It looks like a, a princess, a uh, Disney princess. Ready? Yeah. So <laughs> you, you you actually before the show you were talking about something you would like to discuss today. You say, listen, I had a panic attack this morning. Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? A panic attack yeah, or anxiety, anxiety attack? Yeah. I used to call them panic attacks. I had them. Yeah. And it was really bad. It really got me. So I related to it, and I gave you my version of doe eyes, compassionate. <laughs> understanding, empathetic. And you turn to me and you go, take it easy on me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, that I'm going, really, is that what I put out? I put out that like, I'm going to attack you for your attack? Is that how it works? You, you really think that that's the guy that I am? I told you I'm aware of this energy slash dominance slash control slash excited. <laughs> I understand that that's a part of who I am. I just, I have that inside of me. And so, to some people, they shut down with that. I used to have a guy that I toured with that wrote me a long letter. And he basically said, uh, yeah, I can't work with you anymore. You, you remind me of my father. And I, re- <laughs> I responded to him by saying all these things and apology and stuff like that, because that's what goes through me. That's what flows through me is like, I'm not trying to be these ways. So here I am, honestly, and it shocked him to the point where he said, Wow, I wasn't expecting that. He was expecting the traditional conflict. He was expecting me to go, you know, go to hell. You know, I'm not that way. But I wasn't, you know, because I can become aware of things. So he brought that out in me. And I said, I came back and he still quit. But but I was uh, laughing about it this weekend because we played in Ventura and somebody said, how's he doing? And I go, I haven't heard from him. He he defriended me on Facebook and everything else based on he thinks that I acted like his dad. And maybe I did for that for a couple moments, you know, right? But it's not like I am just 24-7 the great Santini dad who wants to dominate and get my own way. There is that pause that I take, but there's also times where I'm going, I really think I know what I'm doing I here. I want to bounce this basketball off your head. No, I haven't done that yet. I'm not a bounce the basketball. I was a long time ago. I was a bounce the basketball off the head or throw golf clubs or whatever it was, but I'm getting better. I didn't throw them at people. Although my first golf... We, we were city guys, so we, we're out golfing, and we actually turned it into let's hit the guy with the ball. 
<laughs> so literally, we're using our bag as shields, you know. <laughs> It was like watching a 300. I'm there behind my, I'm behind my golf bag, and me and Danny Rosen are literally trying to whack the ball at each other yeah. and hit each other with the ball. That was the object of the game because it wasn't enough that with this peaceful <laughs> game with guys in you know, whatever they wore, they wore those, yeah, yeah, those ugly pants and everything and plaid pants, plaid pants and uh, what do they call the culottes or whatever those are called. Yeah. And uh, so we're not into that. We're going, hey, let's make, make this interesting. So it was like became combat golf. It became, <laughs> it, it's paintball with Titleist. Awesome. And that so we're awesome. oh, really that yeah, sounds appealing sounds to you. Fun. That's because you're the age I was doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not that person anymore. But some people deem me to be that. And it's unusual to me, like you did today, Sarah. You basically thought that I was going to hit you with a ball <laughs> when you said I had I, I, uh, a panic attack today, or a, you said, you called it an anxiety attack. And can we talk about it on the show? Can we do a guided lapidation or whatever it was? But you were then trying to guide how I was going to respond. Yeah. You were trying to yeah. let me know, but don't go here and you know, all, these, all these limitations where I would think that I created a safe space of which I also would like to create that space with callers. Mm -hmm. Anytime you want to call and get in on the show, I'll see this blinking light and hopefully I'll answer it. Yeah, and if and, this goes well, then uh, maybe they'll want to call in. Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> now, see, you actually have. Yeah, that. I'm scared of you a little. Not scared of really? you, but I not really. Here, let me let me try to explain what I was trying to do. Good. Is because sometimes you're very direct and like, and <laughs> and in a, in an awesome way. Gonna, and like when I'm, I'm can I add that to the adjectives that I gave myself? And, I'm direct. And I think that you have really great insight. And I know myself right now that I feel very tender. Mm -hmm. To use a word that yeah, I got you. You know, and that I I just know that uh, there's a softer a softer approach into why I'm having anxiety attacks would probably be more beneficial for me. But maybe I was trying to control it. Sure. Yeah. Well, maybe. But the, there's also the trust factor. I mean, do you not trust that I have the sensitivity and the intuition to discuss it with you in a non-confrontational way? of which you're probably used to that way, and you see my directness as being that way, whereas if I'm being direct with you, it's from a loving space. Can mm -hmm. you get that? Yeah, I can get that coming from you. I don't know if sometimes I'm capable of not getting defensive when I feel very tender. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, we all do. You know? We all do. But you and I have also had the experiences, though, which would hope we'd put into that trust bank. Mm -hmm. We've had those experiences, like the one time at my house, Sure. Uh, you know, you're in the backyard and you're having a semi meltdown, one would say. <clears throat> <laughs> is that being gentle? Is this common? Is, is, that that, <laughs> is, this, is this a reoccurring theme? And yes, at first you were full on defense mode and were coming back at me and trying to make it about me and, you know, the adjectives that are attract, uh, attached to that and so forth. So th there went the process. But a light happened. Some little light went inside of you. I guess you read from me that I'm not that guy, you know, that's, that does not have your best interest at heart. And I have all of the people who are listening. I have their best interest at heart. The audiences, that's how I became better at comedy is I then made it about being of service to the audience. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm here for you, for better or for worse, for aggressive or non-aggressive or whatever my approach is. I am here for you to help you engage in finding your levity and finding your laughter and so on. So this is where I, that's the energetic space that I'm coming from. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, it can be awesome, but it's also, you know, frightening to some people, and it's, especially people that don't understand it. You should have heard my conversation with D.L. Hughley. 
<laughs> it was unbelievable. Right. It was hysterical. Yeah, you he, told Yeah, it. we're on the, Did I tell it on the yeah. air? I told <laughs> yeah. that on the air? Yeah. Oh, okay. Then I won't repeat it. But he said, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> I won't repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> he said, conscious energy. What's wrong with you? What happened to the love master? He was yeah. so mad at me. He goes, I'm a spiritual guy, but you're the, that's the least spiritual crap I've ever heard. Are people yeah. having a hard time transitioning from the love master to this more spiritual guy? Uh, oh, absolutely. And I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the, you know, there's the, the growth period. L listen, my growth period had to happen individually first, but now for, to have people understand where this is coming from, even what our show's intention, it changes now and then, but it still has the same purpose. So I set my purpose, and that is to extend out and, you know, build this bridge basically from the consciousness slash spiritual slash uh, personal wellness, personal wholeness. And to make that transition is difficult for anyone to accept. There's no one has done it. There's no there's no Christopher Columbus in this world that that has made has built that bridge or discovered this this territory of of bringing the two worlds together. Of which I'm of the belief, based on experience, that they are one. Mm -hmm. That levity and spirit are one. But we divide it. It's the cynical comedy world, and it's sarcastic, and it takes people down, and and so forth. And you've got that world and the big world. And then you've got this other world of meditators and, and, and conscious thinkers and critical thinkers and so on. But a lot of times those people aren't laughing enough because no. they think everything needs to be serious. Yeah. Okay, I need to forgive my parents right now. Mm. <laughs> Do not laugh. It's, it's not funny. Oh, more crying That's not funny. It's, yeah. it's, it's more crying. Well, why not laugh about it as well? Why not laugh about our, our difficulties that we're having in our lives are obstacles. It might be an obstacle to even get over to the world of laughter. It might be an obstacle to get over to the world of consciousness. Yeah, I find when These I'm are, processing my childhood or something, it's really hard to like flip from crying to being like, let's laugh about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's breaking a system that we have. We all have a system built inside of us. It's a system of response and it's a system of fight or, uh, fight or flight or why do I always have? I always want to say fright or flight. Fright or fright. Fright or fright. I, I could be frightened right now, or I could, or I could fly away and make the fright go away. I mean, we have that, and we have our defense mechanisms. It's all so built inside of us. And what I'm trying to do, what my one of my intentions is to cut through that. It happened for myself. It happens for people around me, and I'd like to extend that out into a much broader world. That's what I would like to do, including with this show. It starts with this show because now we have a you know hopefully a lot of people listening yeah yeah <laughs> and hope and hopefully they're in that world of transition and confusion and things like that and maybe we can inspire them in inspiration comes with the word spirit so maybe we can inspire so why are you if you're a comic why are you inspired to write a joke it's it's your spirit that's working with you your creator creation creativity it's all related but we separate them it's kind of like Democrats and Republicans. Yeah. Everybody's separate when we're trying to be on this planet and do good for the planet and have something good manifest. So anyway, back to your panic attack. Sure. <laughs> sure. I had them. So, so yeah. does that help you? Yeah. I had them really bad. What were yours like? Yeah. Uh, on stage. Most on of them stage. were on stage in front of hundreds of people. What I would does go that up. Look like? uh, it was in the beginning. <laughs> it was. It was. I wanted to fly because yeah. I was frightened, and it was. What did it feel like? But I'm being paid to be up there, mm -hmm. and I'm being paid to entertain them. So this was after you'd gotten some amount of success and that you were getting paid to do it shows. Was recently, it was right? recently, right? Oh, recently. Not really? that long ago. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, I'll tell you exactly when it was. It was in the, uh, the early 2000s. And I know where it comes from now is I was not 
uh, living a life of integrity and uh, full honesty and uh, and spirit, I was living in a world of defense. And that was with my ex-wife. I was living with her at the time, and I really wanted to make it work. But it wasn't organic and it wasn't real. That's what was the problem it was in the relationship. It wasn't real. It wasn't genuine. And whenever you're not coming from that space, you're in trouble. So now this is in the retrospect. That's a lot of what was going on, and I was dealing with a lot of the pain and a lot of the old stuff that was coming up, mm. and you know the attacks on my on everything. You know, uh, everything from it, it was just very very painful. And how I dealt with the pain was I would let it out on stage, obviously from doing comedy, but I hadn't done the work beforehand to bring it to the stage. So now the stage just became an act. Mm-hmm. It wasn't re- it wasn't real. Now here's the weird thing about it. I would check with people that I knew really well. No one ever saw one single really? bit of panic attack because the performance skills were so honed and crafted. Mm-hmm. I could just go do the show. Whereas now because I'm I'm in this much better place. Uh now the shows are really pure and mm-hmm. and and ingrained in me and centered and in the zone as they say as an athlete gets in a zone that's from repetition the only way they get into that zone mm. is from repetition repetition rep- so the same goes for you know whatever you if you call it spiritual fitness whatever it is or conscious fitness so i had to keep developing that but i had to get to the point with the panic attacks and realize they're not real mm. there's nothing real about it and first i had to go literally and get medically checked out because i i thought i was having a heart attack yeah. i thought i was going to die on the stage and then this freaking comedian died on stage, and it stayed with me since the 80s. This comedian I always loved, he died on stage, and they didn't, wow. they didn't get him because they thought it was part of the act, so then he oh. died, right? So that would go through my head every oh my night God. I'm having a panic attack. I'm going, I'm the new Dick Sean. What did it I'm the modern-day like? Dick Sean, and I'm, go- I'm going down right now, and they're not going to know to tend to me because they're going to think it's part of my act. Wow. His There's no way son, around that. His if you son, warn people, they're his still going to think it's part of the act. Like, if I die up here, get me. Right. You're just going to laugh. They're, they're, <laughs> right. Yeah. Because they think it's all an act. Yeah. But so his, his stage manager apparently, look, I don't know if these are rumors, but his stage manager was his son who also thought it was part of his act. Oh, my God. And he died on the stage. Was it a heart attack? Now, there's the, there's the other perspective is, oh, what a wonderful way to go. <laughs> this is the way he <laughs> would want to do <laughs> Yeah, you have all that, and you say, oh, that's fantastic. Uh, That's how I want to go. No, I don't. I don't want to go in front of people. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I want to have a couple loved ones there, say my goodbyes, but these strangers in the audience, drunk, going, woo, he's down. No, I don't want to go like that, okay? That's That's not my preference. And by the way, that also fight goes on inside of me when I'm on the stage going, I don't want to go down like that, but maybe it's not in my control. Maybe you are going down. You're dying right now. And uh, so I'm, and here's the way if you know I'm ever having a panic attack, okay? Because I still have little mini ones if I'm not prepared uh, spiritually uh-huh. before I go on stage. If I don't meditate, if I don't make it about other people, if I'm out of service to people, I grab the microphone stand. It's, hmm. it's, a, it's my crutch. It's like with both hands, like for dear life? Uh, those days were both hands, and I think I la- wrapped my leg around a couple times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it got a little kinky, but uh, I I would do that. And uh, but now it's just a I fiddle with the microphone and I keep the stand very close. If I'm full on confident, the microphone I take it and I put it in back of me. Yeah. yeah. And it's gone. Yeah. There's no. There's just me and them, and there's that connection. 
And it is a connection mm -hmm. that you have with an audience. We had two audiences this weekend, one in Ventura, and we knew instantly what was what we were in store for. Mm -hmm. You can feel it mm -hmm. on both on the positive and the negative. I don't want to name names, but first show was a lot better. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was, was a big difference. Mm -hmm. Now, what is the difference? Is it us? No, it's us with them. Yeah, it's not us. We're doing the same basic jokes, but it's it's that you know. And a few people can literally ruin it. They can destroy the entire vibration of the room by bringing in their negativity, their drunkenness, their self obsession, whatever it is. They can destroy an entire show. Now, I do have a bit of a skill set that I can sort of mm -hmm. bring them in a little bit more yeah. than most people can. But That's always uh, the magic when you see a comedian like bring back an audience. Yes. That's not having that Craig much can fun. totally do that. Yeah, but that's you know not in a braggy way, but that's just a, a skill set that I developed through years and years of doing this. Mm -hmm. So uh, same goes for this show. This show could take a uh, you know, take a dump. Yeah. You know, but I got to pull it out of the toilet. <laughs> you know, and I got those, I got the plumbing skills. Yeah. Bring in the plumber. And shit in your hands. Yeah, exactly. And I come from that background. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm okay. Nice with the sound effects, Joel. <laughs> Very clever. <laughs> right. You'll see how fast he found a toilet effect. That was just genius. Uh, see, I have a practice. See, I helped make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> so. So the panic attacks would happen, and I would go into a full-on, full-on flop sweat on my forehead. I'm going, they can see it. My heart would race. I'd shake. And it was horrible to go through and thinking that I'm going to die. And then I'm thinking of, did I, you know, I did tell my family I love them? And all this kind of stuff would go through my mind. And yet the audience has no idea. So... I apparently witnessed you having an anxiety attack this morning. Didn't see it. You see, we It was think, after, yeah. Oh, it was after yeah. I saw you? No, no, it was before. You saw me after. Okay, but I still couldn't see any real difference. So you asked me to sort of process this with you. Is that right? Yeah, I'd like a laughidation. You'd like to do a laughidation? I'd like you to do one so then I could I laugh. have to do it for <laughs> you? <laughs> then I could laugh through you. Uh, yeah, we could do it together. Well, I sort of just did it. I, I expressed myself. And uh, for those who don't know, we do something called instead of laugh, uh, meditating, we laugh a date. And you just make a choice to start your laughter. Well, we do it right now if you want. And uh, you take a big, deep breath in. Do it along with me if you're listening, okay? Just try this for yourself. It, it might do you uh, a lot of good. You might have a giant obstacle that's in your way. And you watch how it just disappears through laughter. It definitely does. Now, there's the the usual way of dealing with it, where you just go to a comedy club or you put in a tape. But here we're hoping that you have access to your own sense of self and your own sense of humor and your own laughter by just accessing it. So that's what I'm here to do is sort of be your guide into accessing that. So take that deep breath through your nose. And then you start the engine going by going, ha. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know that laughter's contagious, and that's a fact, okay? But really what's behind the laughter being contagious is you are bringing that energetic vibration to th this space right now, right? Mm -hmm. So there's no way. To, I just did a little giggle, so you giggle along with me. You might smile along with it. Now, there are some people. They go, this is a bunch of crap. That's okay. Do it anyway. Mm -hmm. You fake it till you make it, 
right? The same with psychic ability, same with anything. Is like, just get in there and just give it a try. Right, let's do another one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why it's kind of easy for me. I can really access this. I just love to laugh. So, so you make that choice. <laughs> you can even think of something funny right now. I'm thinking... <laughs> I'm thinking of my wife. <laughs> she doesn't laugh at me. <laughs> I'm a comedian all over the world, and she's there no, not laughing at me. <laughs> she only laughs when she's making fun of me. <laughs> I showed her something yesterday I was really proud of, and she stared at me. <laughs> I thought, oh, this will be the time. She's going to go, oh, oh, honey, that's some good new work. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there going, can you give me a little something? She said, no, I'm not going to. And I said, but it's new. It's new. Can you give me a little, a little money? Nothing. <laughs> so, and I had these panic attacks. Oh, my God. One time I pissed my pants <laughs> On stage, luckily I was wearing jeans and they were dark. <laughs> I, said, oh, I think I feel a little piss coming. <laughs> I hope they don't notice. <laughs> so I had to turn my back to them. <laughs> I did my act from facing backwards. <laughs> but then they had to see the shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna die! If they die laughing, I'm gonna die making them laugh. It's not right. <laughs> I have little kids. <laughs> oh. All right, that's how laughation works. So now, let me tell you what just happened. So I don't have anything prepared, nothing written down. I didn't know I was gonna do that, or even know where I was gonna go with the laughation. But if you access this. You can do it as well. Now, I will check in with the two people that are here with us, or you can call us at 888-520-4374. Let us know if you participated in that. Let us know if you at least smiled, which is, you know, smiling even releases healing enzymes. Are you aware of that? Yeah. It definitely yeah. beats the alternative. It's getting pissed. Who the hell wants to be pissed in your life? You know what? You do? <laughs> no, I Just raise your hand, yes. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sarah, and I, I love to be pissed. Hi, I Sarah. Like <laughs> I, like I have a question angry. for you, Dr. Shu. Why not, why not take that alternative route? I just don't understand why more people don't do it. Participate in it. It's your own life. Yeah. It's, your, it's full, much more fulfilling if you do pick this, this avenue. Okay, so Sarah, I want first of all, I want to check in with you. Yeah, and then I have a question. How did it feel? Did you relate to the things that I was saying about the panic attack? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was very funny. My face hurts from laughing. Oh, so yeah. you, you were laughing I'm along with it. Okay. Yeah. How does your heart feel right now? Uh, I feel a little bit more open. I feel like things aren't so bad. Okay. I meant the heart rate, but that's okay. We can go spiritually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, your heart rate, though, is, yeah, it's, it's going to be pumping in a very, very profound way, and that's what happens when you laugh. You lose weight when you laugh because everything's engaged. It's, it's like aerobics internally. And that's what happens when you laugh. I mean, you're really engaging all of you. And that's what we're trying to do with the, the guided laughidation. So I just check, Joel, I want to check in with you. Did you have, do you have any different uh, energetic space going on with you? Yeah, I mean, it's always just good to see someone that, like, like you talk about what a horrible experience that was, but yet you're past it. You can laugh about it. Right. And, recognize 
that it was funny to shit yourself yeah. in front of an audience. <laughs> <laughs> that part wasn't true. I did piss myself, oh, but okay. I didn't shit myself. <laughs> That's the part that made me laugh. <laughs> what I shit? Uh, no, the pee because I could tell that was true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, you resonated with mm-hmm. that one. But that that's it's all an illusion, right? It's all an illusion anyway. All your fears and all your doubts and all your worries are all an illusion anyway. So why not cut through it in a different alternative way? And that's what I'm trying to say. So Sarah, you're not ready though to do your own laffidation, am I right? Right. I would like you to do one. I'd like you to do one right now. Oh, okay. okay. I'd like you to try one right now, specifically with what went on at nine AM this morning. Go. Um, First, no, no, no. You're in your head. Yeah, because that whenever is my start question. With, whenever you start with the thinking and the um, well, let me think about this. At nine oh one, I started to no. You need to just let it out, and it comes out so organically when you try this. Well, good, because that was my question. Is What's Because when a lot of times where I'll be tense with my boyfriend, and he'll be like, let's do a laffidation. And I'm like, really? it is not funny. Like, and I can't, like, <laughs> I can't switch over to like the click, this is funny, so maybe this will help. And look at even your body language. You went up with, you put two dukes up. Yeah. Well, they weren't fully up, and I wasn't afraid of you or anything, but you're ready for a boxing match. This isn't funny, this damn it. Funny. And that's what people always said to me when I'm working cancer facilities. They're like, it's not funny. It's not funny. There's nothing funny about it. But that's your perspective. Yeah. You can try to make it funny, and even if you die, you die laughing. What, who does it? We're all going to die one day. We're all going to get some disease. We're going to have something that, that's off. So why not try, try this healing methodology is what, is what it is. And so, Sarah, I'd like you to give it a shot because you want to heal this specific thing that's uh, going on with you. Yeah. No, not, uh, no. Instead of ha, okay. go ha ha. ha, 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 ha. <laughs> See, there's your groan. Your groans and your doubts are going to be. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Uh, go, give it a shot. No, don't think. Just there you go. Just okay. do it. Start yelling. Start yelling uh, it out. I had a panic attack at eight thirty in the morning. <laughs> I just started crying. I couldn't stop. <laughs> And it kind of felt better because then my boyfriend would give me attention. (laughs) (laughs) I don't love myself. I can't be with myself. And I had to go back to bed because I couldn't look at myself in the mirror anymore. (laughs) I'm going to start crying. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm going to start crying. (laughs) Don't cry laughing. Come on. Come on. Keep going. It's the best. I can't. I (laughs) can't. I suck at responsibility. I I have so much that I have to do. And I can't handle any of it. I'm going to start crying. All I can think about right now is that my boyfriend's listening thinking he wants to break up with me. Because I'm terrible to be with in a relationship. Oh, oh, it's the best. <laughs> I love being on the other side of it. Oh, I'm God. like in between laughing and crying. My, it's okay. my, my tear, like I'm going to start. Sarah, I'm totally don't start analyze crying. it because it's the same emotion. It's the same response. Listen, you laugh till you cry, right? So why does the crying have to be associated with some sort of sadness or pain? It's an, it's it's all of it, you know. These it's an expression. It's an ex, it's a it's an expression of self of your deepest self, and when you let other people in on it, it's wonderful what happens. Yeah. I love people to call us and tell them what the, tell tell us what happened when you heard Sarah sharing or you heard <laughs> me talking about pissing my pants. Eight 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 five two zero four three seven four. Tell us what it did for you. It could have done nothing for you, 
But give it, give give some feedback. Tell Sarah she's absolutely right. She's irresponsible and she shouldn't be involved in a relationship. <laughs> Come on, that was funny. <laughs> Somebody's calling. Him. <laughs> What's that oh, hello. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you, Shu? I'm fantastic. Who's this? This is Anthony. Hi, Anthony. Nice haircut. Oh, thank you. Uh, so, uh, Anthony, just uh, give us some feedback on that. I thought it was, uh, she sounded really honest and genuine in what she was saying, and I was laughing for her. So, nice. I'm not laughing at your pain, but yeah. it's good that you were able to laugh through it, at least, even if you were associating the crying with it. But as she said, crying doesn't have to come from a sad place. No, it doesn't. And and by, by the way, Anthony, you, of all people, are having an empathic response. That's what it is, because we've all been there. Mm-hmm. Sarah, you're not alone in this. And that's what Anthony's telling you. I'm telling you, and we're all telling you as we are in this journey with you, is we have compassion for that. We've all been there. We've all pissed our pants in my case, and we've all looked in the mirror and said, I don't see much today. We all have been, we've all been there. Anthony looked in the mirror and says, damn, I need a haircut. And oh, he got yeah, one, and he displayed his smiling face on Facebook with his, yeah. his new haircut. So, so, so you, you, you really dug it and you went along with it and you were chuckling as well. Yes, I was. That's great. It's, see, you're the connection that we need to hear from because we're just in the studio by ourselves <laughs> looking like a bunch of crazy idiots. And by the way, people pass by in the glass and, and they all want to know what the hell are they laughing at? Yeah. You know, little do they know nothing. <laughs> There's not a joke being told except for the truth. And that's well, all. Tune in from noon to two on Mondays, and you'll find out what we're laughing about. Mm-hmm. There you go. Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate You're your welcome. call, and, and uh, always great to hear from you and see you on Facebook and stuff. The other one. And, uh, oh, yeah. I messed up here. No, the, right, the red one. The, oh, that's the drop. Another... Oh, and then I do this. Someone else is going to give us feedback. Oh, still laughing. Who's this? <laughs> Hi. Hi, it's Laura from San Francisco. Hi, guys. Hey, Hi, how's Laura. it going? It's... Oh, thanks. I really needed that. I'm sorry about your anxiety attack, but I really needed to laugh because I I totally love you, Craig. I, I really agree that you just like, get to laugh or, or cry, dance or cry. Just You have to laugh it off. Yeah, well, we're really hoping that people pass the word around on this because we, we're we trying to do something exploratory. This is a, yeah. you know, I mean, we we want to take take this, take the world in a different direction. I think we're all stuck. I really do. We're stuck in our righteousness. We're stuck in being left and right, and my, yeah. my religion's better than your religion. You're going to hell because you're not reading my Bible, and I'm going to hell because you're reading, right. you know, whatever it is, we're all stuck. And, well, and, and laughter is, is the best medicine too. And the thing about the crying aspect is just an, an emotion. And I cry all the time. And my boyfriend just laughs when I cry. <laughs> when, people, when they win at the Price is Right, I cry so hard when they win at the Price is Right because I'm so happy that they're happy, and I just cry. And I have a great time. It's no big deal, That's, but it, it yeah. makes me feel better. Yeah, let's not try to identify it, you know, because identification yeah. is just analysis by paralysis. And by the way, I want to tell you, your boyfriend's a keeper. <laughs> oh, isn't he great? <laughs> that is my kind of guy right there that can laugh while you're crying. I love it. And that you are open enough to have him, you know, change that dynamic because most women go, get yeah. out of here. I hate you. How dare yeah, you laugh at me? It's like, oh, my gosh, let's have sex. I love you so much. It's great. That's what yeah. gets me. So I love you guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you. You Thanks, too. Laura. Bye, Laura. All right. So we have to take a break. That's what that music means. By the way, I haven't teased this, but Alonzo Bowden, one of my favorite comics of all time, Literally. winner of last, last Comic Standing. One of the true talents out there. 
who also has a journey that he's going to share with us. That's yeah. the most exciting thing. I happen to know a lot of his journey because he's a personal friend. But uh, you're going to hear about that. What's behind the comic? Mm. What's behind the comedy? Uh, where his transition and transformation took place. That and so much more coming right up. We have a polylog debate. That's right. With Texting. Sarah. She's going to be crying on that one, I guarantee you. But uh, more in store. Stay right with us. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. What's up, Toad Heads? It's Frank Kramer, Heidi Hamilton. Hey, everybody. From the Heidi and Frank Show. Reminding you that if you have satellite radio, you can check us out every single Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific time on Extreme Talk Channel 165. 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Eastern? Uh, on the East Coast, yeah, on Extreme Talk XM 165. And if you don't have satellite radio, well, you're on the Toad Hop Network, so why not check out the Heidi and Frank Show? The backbone of the whole thing. 10 a.m. to noon every single week. The premium package. But you can listen for free every day, 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. Check us out, HeidiandFrank.com. If you miss the Al Benny hour... Hello, Carly, you're on. Hello. Hello. This is your mother. I'm watching. Again? Your mother? You can't call twice. Why can't I? I'm your mother. Don't say cunt. (laughs) No wonder you got their children listening. Oh, really? No. I don't know if anybody's listening. I'll fucking smack you. I will hang up <laughs> on my own mother. Oh, you wouldn't do that to your darling mother. Anyway. Um, <laughs> ah, I felt good. The Al Benny Hour, Monday afternoons at 5 Pacific. On the Toad Hop Network. Radio worth watching. Friendos, no good truck, right down the road. Carrying a load, feeling more sexy than a 
fucking me, but I have a little collar, but you're not fucking me. Baby, you know I'ma take care of you, but you said you got my baby, and I know it ain't true. Is it a good thing? No, it's bad, bitch. For good or worse, makes you switch. So I'm walk all over with my crystal, because niggas put away your pistol. So they won't be having that in this house, cause bitch, I'll triple your style. Now that you heard my tongue, bitch, you couldn't get another nigga. Gucci won't get noise. If you wanna look good and not be bummy, yo, you better give me that money. interrupt this music for a pause for the cause do you have um do you have feet that are hurting <laughs> i'm trying to do a live spot without actual facts in front of me most people when i was in the radio business i have to tell you something i'm gonna be honest with you if you're listening when you hear a live spot on most radio shows except for the ones here at toad hop they're all prepared copywriters and then what the DJs do is they're fabulous actors and they make it seem s seamless sometimes mm -hmm. 
that they're actually give, but they're doing these. But this is the days where they didn't have cameras in the studio, so they're actually reading either bullet points or copy, but making it into theirs. Like you know, I use this product, and I you know, but no, they're paid. They're paid. I'm not paid when I tell you this. I'd like to be paid by them, but I'm going to tell you I have four pair of shoes from HealthyFeet.com. Okay. I'm not one who really believes in the whole foot thing necessarily. I didn't really believe it. You see television, they go, oh, you have to have these arches and all these. Let me tell you something. It made a difference. I was gardening the other day. I was using my gardening shoes. They give slippers. I have the shoes on right now that are the shoes I cannot get off. They're going to end up smelling. That's how much I wear them. I love them so much. And these are casual canvas shoes of which my friend noticed them this morning. He goes, wow, those look really cool. Can you smoke them? Because they look like hemp. They look like hemp. They possibly could be hemp. But the difference with all these shoes, which are very stylish, you have lots of selection, healthyfeet.com, the difference is they're made by orthopedic surgeons. So they're made for you and your arch support. They're made for you. I don't even know the details on this. They are made to make you healthier. That's why it's called healthyfeet.com. So I'm here to endorse them and tell you that you can also go to their website and get free shipping. Is that right, That's Sarah? right. You can go to healthyfeetstore.com, and then if you enter in the promo code, laugh it off, you get free shipping and handling. Okay, so you get free shipping and handling on shoes, which they're very stylish shoes. All, I mean, not only reasonably priced, you're not allowed to use the word cheap when you're doing cop. <laughs> you know that? I learned that in radio a long time ago, but they're cheap. They're not cheaply made, but they're cheap, and, and that, I they're like affordable. that word. I happen... Very nice word. I couldn't come up with that word. <laughs> not written in front of me. But I will tell you, I endorse this because I am using the product. Have them on right now. Want to see them? Show us. <laughs> no, I'm, I don't feel like taking my shoes off. <laughs> All right, here, I'll show them to you. Now, these are, these are my casual canvas shoes. Okay, there they are. See, see how? But they're beautifully made. And Thank look, you. what's my last name? Shoe. Shoe. Maker. <laughs> right. Maker. <laughs> who wouldn't know? Who wouldn't know shoes but Shoemaker? I lived the life of shoes. And I'm not a shoe guy, by the way. Not a guy with loads of shoes in the closet. But I will tell you, I'm going to load up with these shoes only. I've made a commitment that I'm only going to buy these shoes from now on. I'm never going to go to another shoe store. Cool. Unless they advertise with us. <laughs> <laughs> Healthy feet. That's how good they are. And com. I am telling you, I get compliments. People are, are constantly going, hey, where'd you get those? And I go, I'll tell you where I got them. And I'm telling you who's listening, do yourself a favor. Next shoes you buy, go look. You'll see they're affordable, they're low priced, but they're quality, quality shoes. That's me stepping in. That's the side of, that's the sound effect. We should stepping. write these promos out because these <laughs> take like five minutes. <laughs> okay, let's go back into the show. There you go. Healthy. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. We're back. <laughs> we'll work that out. We'll work. I, I'm writing in. I don't right. want to work it out. I like right, I like the organic sense of that of ad libbing, making mistakes, saying stupid words like yeah. cheap. It's all part of it, who we are. That's that's what Alonzo Bowden's coming in. That's right. He is. No, what I was going to use a transition would have been phony. I was going to say he's cheap, but he's not. <laughs> just, just to try to keep with theme. Uh, what do I want to talk about? Um, I'd like to talk about spirit. We were, t we were mentioning that earlier. Uh, what you put out to the universe. A lot of us know Law of Attraction. Now, I want to tell you something. The Secret was a very popular movie. Very popular uh, DVD and best-selling book. 
So I am a big guy into the secret. I really like the law of attraction. Basically, what you put to the universe, it comes back. Sometimes that's not so good. Like when I was single, I say this in my act. I asked for, for tits, and I got my own. That's what God <laughs> gave me. He gave me beautiful little A-cuppers. Be more specific. You have to be more specific. I want them not to be on my body. <laughs> to be on another body. You can be specific with the universe, and it always answers. Now, I want to tell you, it doesn't always happen the way we want it to or on the time we want it to. There's where the difference is. And by the way, a lot of people don't know the secret. They haven't watched it. I'm not going to endorse that you go see this, too, because they don't advertise with it. But uh, anyway, and they made enough money. They made $400 million on that little movie. And everybody got out the ability to find a great parking spot. Yeah, yeah. Which, if, that's what you want to, if that's as far as you want to take your life with that limitation of I want to find a parking spot, God bless you, not me. I like bigger things to happen. and So here's what happened. I'm going to tell you a couple uh, things that manifested in my life this weekend. It was just really weird stuff. Like uh, a simple one is I, uh, I woke up one morning after uh, I had a dream about Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> yeah. What kind of dream? It wasn't that kind of dream. All right, all right. Both just of you had a little just sarcasm just, uh, and a little cynicism, like bound, chuck a bound, bound dream. <laughs> That's not what it was about. It was a very specific dream that I was with her and hanging out with her. Oh, sorry, that's not what Was I that thought. Rosie O'Donnell's music no, from I the talk show from 2001? Oh, okay. <laughs> that, did, that didn't work out, Joel. Right. Got to get those buttons down. I thought you, you might come up with a Rosie O'Donnell theme song from 2001 when she had her talk show, but no, or I'll even League of Their Own or whatever her credits are. Oh, I could do League Give me of a their break. Own song. You could. <laughs> Wait, what's the one that. League of Their Own had a song? Oh, I loved League of Their Own. I'll bet you did. Watch it thousands Very, of times. very empowering movie for women, and Rosie was a star in that. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Rosie and I go way, way, way back. We were kids in comedy together. We toured together. We were in an improv group together, but we lost touch. You know, she hangs with Barbara Streisand, and I'm, you know, a Jim Barrie with my kids. So <laughs> yeah. Basically, you know, we're in different circles. So we lost touch, but in the last couple of years, we text and stuff like that. I dream about her. Wake up at five in the morning, and she's on the East Coast. She, I, and I wake up and I turn my phone on, and about five minutes later, a text message from Rosie O'Donnell said, "I just had a dream about you." No, wow. was yeah. this today? No, when this was, was uh, two days ago. Wow. And I said, "Really? That's crazy." That's, that's you know. So I wrote back, you know, where are you? And da, 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 you know, she's and and, and 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 so on. So it was just it was really like one of those where I went, "Whoa, that was a." That's like a cosmic one yeah. I threw out there. And I really That's do want to connect with her again in person. You know, it's been years and years that we've uh, hung out together. Did you guys have the same dream? Did you find that out? No. And we only texted, by the way, yeah. which we're going to get to that. You and I are going <laughs> to debate on that because we promised people that we would. And I'm not into this texting. Right. Okay. There's no intimacy in it. Hey, the debate hasn't started. Okay. okay keep going. <laughs> Joel, do the sound effect for the debate. Uh -huh. I'm ready to go throw down now. No, no, wait a minute. I do want to get to the other really oh, powerful thing that happened. <laughs> I just that was a tease. Look, that's how we work around here. We yeah. just we're, we're just run with me. Totally. Don't make me dominate. So uh, here's the other one that happened. This was an, a really odd one that Sarah was there for that made my skin jump off. I was backstage, and I get a text message. Again, the texting. We'll get back to that. I'm backstage in Ventura. I get a text message from this family that I haven't seen in a little while. Hey, we're in Ventura, but we're with the kids, so we can't come to your show. We'd love to connect with you. We're at the Crab Shack. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm, I'm, I'm eating my meal, 
and thinking, oh, that, you know, they're such good people. And then I went to this headspace. You ever have these inner dialogues, but you have a full-on dialogue. Here's what I'm going to say. Here's how I'm going to do it. I then turned the conversation in my head into this woman, and this happened months ago, where she befriended me on Facebook, and then she saw something I wrote. She went right to my ex-wife, and she reported me for something that I said. And she doesn't know, though, that my ex then reported her for saying what she said. So I basically said to her, you don't know who you're messing with when you're messing with my ex-wife. You think you're befriending her by giving her this information? But by the way, it was a joke. It was actually April 1st. It was an April Fool's joke. So she goes, he's a prick, she says to my ex. So the ex comes with, see, other people think you're a prick and all this kind of stuff. And I said to her, basically, you don't want to be involved in this. You know, you don't want to mess with this. And I don't even know this woman, but I know her from the school because we have kids in the same class. So I don't see her in all this time. There's no, we never talked it out. But so I decided my dinner to, to process this on what I would like to say to her because I, it was basically dismissed with, she never got back to me. She went back to my ex and said, he wrote me again. Because I said, you don't want to get involved in this gossip. It's gossip about my family. Please don't involve yourself. And I could sort of tell that that's what she was doing. I could tell that that's what she was doing. And, and uh, anyway, so I'm eating and I get a text. Oh, no, I, I get a, uh, the woman from the front desk. She comes back. She goes, there's a family out here. They're friends of yours, and they have kids, so they can't come to the show. And I'm going, oh, it's Katie and her family who I'm going to go see at the Crab Shack. So I go, oh, yeah, let them in. I walk out. It's that woman <laughs> that I'm having a dialogue in my head about that I haven't thought about in months, and it's her with her family. Wow. Hi, how you doing? Thought we bought stop by and say hi. <laughs> I'm going, and, and I'm still, I'm still, I'm still I fighting. I just had an argument with you a minute I just, ago. Exactly. Yeah. I'm having this huge argument, and you show up. With like, there's nothing. It was one of the weirdest things of my entire life. Yeah, I've never. Was I reeling no, when it this? It was really weird afterwards. Because I, I was stuttering. I don't stutter. Sarah. Because Sarah. it interrupted. It interrupted my mind chatter that I had going. I had a full on dialogue going with her. Satisfying argument. She it was messed yeah. Messed it up. And now she brings the kids. The the her parents. Her, both kids, her husband, and I don't even know these people. I and love, they yeah. they were introduced as oh friends of yours are here to see you. And it wasn't like she went, you know, hey, by the way, whispered, you know, sorry about that or anything like that. There was no cleaning up of that whatsoever. We don't even know each other that well. Yeah. And they're just standing there. I had no idea what to do. I was completely stumped. So I just did impressions for the kid. Yeah. <laughs> when in doubt, go to a Muppet. You know. <laughs> hey, are you doing? I was like, I had no idea what to do. But I just thought to myself, how weird is the universe yeah. that that one happened? That was wacky. So... All right, so how do we transition to texting? Do we do that or do... Catherine. What, what about uh, Catherine? Okay. So what, I'm, we gotta I would like to rebrand myself. Yeah. Okay, Sarah. Now, you have had experience in this. We were talking about in the first break about rebranding or, or kind of... Uh, it's not even a rebrand. I hate that word because it sounds tacky or it sounds manipulative. But I am really trying to get into this other place. You know, we have Hans King, and Hans King and I are doing a show together. You know, he's this intuitive healer. And what he and I talk about when we're live on the air is we I have clairsentience and I have this ability to again, it's not in a braggy way is this is where my life is going is is somewhat of a healer. And one of the things, you know, I'm writing a couple books about it. And one of the things is finding love in your life. And I really do believe because I found the most profound love. I am mad, madly in love with my wife 24 seven. And a lot of people, they go, oh, how'd you get there? That's what I'm here for. I'd like to be from the love master, the master of love. 
And I think that because of these basic energetic responses or intuitions that I'm having, I'm starting to do readings for people. Mm -hmm. And I did one for Sarah. And uh, that seemed to work for you. Mm -hmm. I was seeing things that you weren't seeing. And I think that's what an intuitive does. It sees things and inspires in you maybe a different direction to take or takes down some obstacles. We do it with lapidation. I also do it with this energy work where I can I can well, I believe that we're all interconnected. And I did I've worked on this for years. I did this walking your shoes therapy where you walk people that you've never even met and you become them and you can feel them within your body. I know it sounds really, really wacky. I like that. That's my favorite part of when you do that, of walking in other people's shoes. Because yeah. then you get to see a totally another side to that person that you couldn't, that I couldn't at the time see. Yes. I could have an empathetic understanding for what that other person is going and through. And that is what it is. And by the way, people don't realize this. Again, trying to draw this, connect this line is that's what comedians do. We have uh, a sixth sense or there's something a little extra that we're getting what you get. We're getting, we have this understanding. So I've been doing these readings, and I did one uh, for Sarah, mm -hmm. and I've done a few for your friend, and I think she's going to call us. I think she is. Let's let's see. I think that's her. Is she calling us? Yeah. Okay. It's ringing, she says. It is? Something. That, oh. Uh oh she hung up. I don't know if it's her. It, but your friend Catherine, um, I did a reading, actually. Joel was so funny. There it is. I, I get so into this. It's not into character. <laughs> it's like an actor, but I got so into it that I ended up speeding and get a speeding ticket during her reading. Yeah. So, uh, is this Catherine? Yes. Catherine, uh, you know, it's really nice, the work that we're doing and so forth, but can you split the speeding ticket with me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you got a big chuckle. I'm serious. <laughs> 160 bucks, and they suspended my license, by the way. What? Yes, I didn't no, tell you did this. Not. I swear to you, I got to notice you're suspended, and when we see you, we'll handcuff you, the whole deal. That's what they wrote to me, and it was only 14 days later, apparently in Pennsylvania, they have this law. I couldn't believe it. So I was under arrest based on your reading. That's how much into, that, that's how into it I got. Because you didn't pay it on time. I didn't pay it on time. It was 14 days later. We were just in Pittsburgh. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Hmm. So I paid it, and I'm not even going to argue. I was going to argue it, which I tried personally to do. I, I couldn't tell the guy, listen, Catherine was on the phone with me. I was helping her find love in her life. <laughs> I was doing a reading. I know I'm a comic, and I know you don't understand it. But seriously, I didn't use that with the so, guy. So instead, you extort me for money on your show. That's the <laughs> exactly. That's why I had you call. This isn't about helping you. This isn't about you uh, me mastering love. This is about I need some money for this. Okay, right. I need some money for this work. So, uh, Catherine, uh, I guess I'm, I'm trying to uh, sort of get out to the to the world listening and to the world of, of this. Uh, can you talk about just uh, real briefly about your experience with me in these? I've done a couple of, of readings, basically, and they've been by phone. We haven't done in person. Can you explain a little bit about what happened for you during the readings? Uh, I'll try to keep it as abridged as possible so don't belabor. Um, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. In my gut, I feel it felt like I should call you, which seems to make no sense because you're a comedian, although I did see some posts on your Facebook page about essentially how much you love your wife and how amazing your relationship was and is, and it just inspired me to connect with you on it, and I really spoke very, very little, and you said things that just hit very deeply and seemed incredibly uh, appropriate and um, insightful and good for me. So it's 
been pretty shape-shifting since we spoke, which was, uh, I guess, 14 days ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah, exactly. $160 ago. But uh, uh, well, here, here's what's coming up for me now, okay? It's happening again, and okay. uh, I can't explain this, but I have uh, I become the person that I'm speaking to, if they're willing. And that's the thing about you and Sarah when I've done these readings is I always ask, are you willing to go there? And that's the one yeah. thing that you know I applaud you for doing is you say, yes, I am. And that's what it takes. It takes that openness and, it, and, and uh, you know, allowing this other dynamic, this other sense to come in, which is essentially yours to begin with. I'm actually mirroring what's going on inside of you that you can't see because you're not even looking into that space. Right. So this is what I'm going to tell you. I was going to tell you this yesterday because I, I know we try to connect by phone again. And we, we should yeah. do a personal one-on-one uh, -on -one because we can get really in-depth. And this is what I'm telling you. And I have little chills when I'm telling you this. Hmm. You're on the precipice of something really, really great, magnificent, awesome, awe-inspiring. Hmm. You are on the precipice, and that includes great, great love that you've never experienced in your entire life. Never. And you've hmm. been on this journey to find this love for your entire life and gone down roads, and each road is a dead-end road, and you go, what the hell was that time investment? What the hell was I doing? And you were ignoring signs, and you were seeing things, but you didn't want to see them, and you just turned your head to those things. And today, in the shift that you're talking about, that's where I see the precipice, is because you're ready to make a leap into a, a journey that you've never been on before. Yep. You've never been on this before because you tried to control it and manipulate it and make it the way other people wanted it and so on. And you, the reason you saw these things on Facebook and maybe through meeting me for a couple minutes is you said to yourself, I want that for myself. Mm -hmm. I want that. I want to express, I want to express and feel and, and, and give divine love. Yep. And you are on the precipice of that. It's going to take a conscious decision of which you are minutes away from. And then watch what happens when you make that decision. Suddenly, the toxic people that you tried to control and make them into who you wanted them to be, they go away naturally. And by the way, some of them might fight to get back in. Some right. of them might say, wait a minute, we don't like this new you. And then you're just going to keep on going on your journey and then experiencing life as you've never experienced it before. But that's the feeling I have, which is an exciting feeling. It makes me shake a little bit. Because I feel that for you, and I know you do as well. I do. You do. Um, when you said make a conscious decision, do you have anything more specific with that? Um, well, I uh, yes, I do. Uh, the conscious decision is the first of all the willingness to go through the process, the willingness to take to take roads that you've never taken before because you tried. And now I'm just being honest. You try to control it. You try to make it into what you wanted. To, you try to create things and people into what you want them to be instead of who they are. And you're authentically going to know who you are now to make much better decisions on that. Yeah. But it's, it's first, it's literally saying the words, I'm willing. And that's the precipice that I'm talking about. And then I have this whole vision of you literally leaping into faith and trust, which you've never had before. You've had yeah. little inklings of it, but you haven't trusted you haven't trusted your own instincts and your own self and your own mm. divine love that's in you. That's the that's what I'm seeing for you. Is suddenly 
It's a new you because you're just making that decision. It's just a conscious decision. So it really is control, trying to control someone. Sorry, I'm snagged on this. And then you some, know, No, someone, you. something. You're trying to control results you're to, when you want them. How you Even want them? Wanting happiness is, is kind of a control thing. You, last time you called me on a control thing, and I was like mentally struggling with it. And then you yeah. said a key word. You said, uh, "Lordy," um, you said you you need to understand, or you have to have an understanding. And then it was like a two by four in the face because <laughs> I, I never felt like I was controlling. But when you said that, I went, "Aha! My control is I'll have the most." passion and understanding if I know where you're coming from. And mm -hmm. why would I have to know where someone's coming from if I'm not <laughs> right, know. right. Well, we do our own stinking thinking; it gets in our way. But yeah. uh, well, listen, we'll carry on the conversation. Uh, yeah, let's great. make an appointment with me, and we'll and we'll keep talking Absolutely. about this, and and we'll figure out you know some of the things that are confusing and all. But that that's what's coming up for me is Thank you. leap, make the leap, and like and that. you and you watch great what happens. It, it'll be beautiful. But anyway, thanks, Catherine, for uh, sharing your journey with us, and we continue. Mm -hmm. We'll continue to do that. We uh, thank you so much. And we have a very special guest who is oh, he's going to share his journey with us. Yeah. This guy does not. Listen, comedians, we're not like a crop of people that have a, a training. You know, you don't go to school for comedy. Right. There's no school for it. There's no one encouraging us to do it. But there's some moment where you realize this is what I'm supposed to do. He has a wonderful story about that. And so much, much more. This Alonzo is a very Bowden. reach and deep person. I'm really looking forward to seeing him. He's an old friend of mine. Alonzo Bowden is coming right up. More of Laugh It Off with Craig Shoemaker coming up. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Hey, it's Heidi from the Heidi and Frank Show here to tell you about a website that I absolutely love. And if you love shoes as much as I do, you're going to love this website, too. Shoedazzle.com. You have to go there and type in my name, Heidi, and that's when you click on the little microphone. So Shoedazzle.com. Click on the microphone that's in the upper right-hand corner of the website. Type in my name, Heidi, and that gets you 20% off your first purchase on the website. Hot shoes, accessories, all personalized to fit your unique style. They add new products all the time. And the great thing is you only have to buy it if you like it. There's absolutely zero obligation. And again, type in Heidi, get 20% off at ShoeDazzle.com. And the kicker, so to speak, doing a shoe commercial, the kicker, every single pair of shoes on ShoeDazzle.com is only $39.95. How great is that? So you don't feel guilty when you go buy shoes. ShoeDazzle.com, click the microphone, type in my name, Heidi. To get that 20% off, again, you're going to love it. Shoedazzle.com.
live from Universal Studios Hollywood in beautiful Los Angeles, California. ToadHopNetwork.com. Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching. We've been uh, having guests on our shows since the beginning. What are we about 15 shows in yeah. there? Yeah. I think this and is the 16th. Each of the guests so far I've had somewhat of a personal relationship with. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely the case with uh, one of my favorite comics. And I, I, I stand by this guy. I endorse this guy. His comedy is, I've watched it grow through the years as well. Alonzo Bowden is our special guest. Thank and you, I mean, I, Most people say we have a great show. And we have, every single stand-up, every single show that you watch, they go, we have a great show tonight. I, I'm starting to not believe them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, are you really, can you come up with some other term for we have a great show? So personally, I'm going to say, I'm gonna, this will be a great show because... This is a guy that, that also brings to this table of what we want to manifest on our show is personal experience on how you became a comedian. What's the core of why you are a comedian and so forth? You know what would balance this is a great show? If what? You should be like, two weeks ago the show sucked. <laughs> We're going to be honest. It was, it was less than our best effort. Maybe it didn't suck. It was just it was remarkably average. You know, because you always want that balance, yeah. right? When you can't have right. everything be great like like i'm doing my my own podcast and i don't have near this technology it's me and my mac in my office <laughs> you know and i gotta say like weeks three and four pretty weak you know i'm still, <laughs> still working the bugs out now I'm, I'm i'm pretty good on the roll but yeah it was like you know hey if you started listening at the beginning go ahead and skip three and four <laughs> pick me up around week seven what do you like to see like leno or conan like make amends for the day before yeah yeah when they have like when the guest is drunk or half sleep and they're like listen we really appreciated you hanging in here last night we owe you one like leno and his monologue i want to say something about last night i want to apologize because i told you it's going to be a great show and it really <laughs> I sucked, and I was reading cue cards the entire time. <laughs> so I would love to see that, and that, that's what we're trying to bring to the show is, you know, where do we stumble and where do we fumble? And and, and, and being honest about that, that is what comedy is. That's what it is. It, it's oh, true. absolutely. And, and, you know, the thing about podcasts, because there are so many of them and so many people doing them, but the, the real element of it, the fact that it's not perfectly polished, I think makes it better. I agree. Like, like if you want to listen to some, you know, broadcast radio show that has a staff and there's no mistakes ever, that's one thing. But when you listen to a podcast, it's like, man, did they screw up on that one? <laughs> yeah. and, and it's almost like more people would listen. Like, you know, hey, listen to this crap. Let's see what he does wrong next week. You know, it's almost like that would be a different niche. And don't we want to see failure anyway? This is why we watch traffic accidents. We were talking about We're not watching this. a guy walk an old lady across the road. We're not stopping and rubbernecking for that. Isn't that wonderful? No, we stop and go, wow, look at that. There's limbs all over the road. Mm-hmm. And th- 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 we want to see, you know, failure or death we were- or destruction. But anyway... Uh, so you have this podcast that you're doing, but you also do stand up. You're on the road yeah, a lot doing stand up, and, and it's it, but it didn't start so easily for you. By the way, you can check out his podcast on the Sideshow Network. Thank you. What a Alonzo great plug. Bowden. She's a sweetheart. Yeah. Thank you. That's why her name's Sarah. It's Sweet. called Who's Paying Attention. <laughs> yes, check I, it out. I love the title of that. I'm paying attention. Uh, Alonzo Bowden's our special guest. I want to know, like, what was your moment where you uh, you said I should be a comedian, and uh, did you have that? Uh, well, we we have to go back before that because um, I, I've often said, like, I didn't have this dream growing up. 
like you've always been a comic as far as I know, right? I yeah. mean, you, you may have had, you know, little jobs, but you've always worked as a comic. Yeah, even when I was cutting lawns, that was right. very funny. Right. There you go. <laughs> so, I had no design to it whatsoever. So with me, like I had another career. Like I didn't, in other words, I didn't grow up dreaming of being a comic or wanting to be a comic. I was in the aerospace business. That's what I did. And, um, in the eighties, you know, I had a drug and alcohol problem because in the eighties, a drug problem was, part of the 80s. Everyone had a drug problem. <laughs> it was the 80s. Look it up, kids. <laughs> For some of us, it was a drug solution. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't exactly. a problem. It was a solution, yes. And and I, I cleaned up and got sober in 1988. And I happened to get sober at a place called Studio 12. And, and the significance of Studio 12 was the stars went to Betty Ford and the crew went to Studio 12. <laughs> so so I, you're with gaffers sharing. I, right. I'm with guys who are, who are the gaffers, the electricians, the wardrobe people, the makeup right. people. Like, but, but it's people in the entertainment business, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm coming from the aerospace business. So if you're not in the entertainment business, the entertainment business is not real. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like one of those things like you don't think, oh, I could go do this. You know what I mean? You <laughs> think it's some special gift that is bestowed. Well, there's a lot now with reality TV and all that. Yeah, any idiot can walk up yeah. and stumble in. But at that time, they expected you to have a talent to, to do <laughs> something. Is, there was a, such a thing as talent back then. Right, And right. now we have the Kardashians. Yeah, One exactly. just had a baby today. I think it was Zeppo. Yeah, I don't know which sister it was. It's all the same. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the only brother who hasn't had a Kardashian, and I'm working on that. <laughs> I honestly You need am. to work on your, uh, on your the football. Cl the Clippers re-signed Chloe and happened to get Lamar thrown in. <laughs> like, they signed Chloe Kardashian, and Lamar Odom was a throw-in. It was a PR move by the Clippers. That's it was. Why it, it wasn't was. as it, it was his basketball <laughs> skills. They're like, oh, he plays basketball? Well, that's a bonus? <laughs> that's, that's a bonus on that. We didn't even know that. Wow, he averaged seven rebounds. We knew his sister-in-law would draw a crowd. <laughs> so anyway, so um, but being around these people, like I always had a sense of humor. And and what happened was, as I cleaned up, it changed. And and you know, sense of humor can be really mean. Like it can be a thing to cut people down, blah blah. And and I did all of that, and it was funny, but not nice, for mm -hmm. lack of a better term. And and like in sobriety, I don't know. I mellowed. I learned some things. My sense of humor changed, and it rose. And and. I started talking and people were laughing and then I started training new airplane mechanics. Like I got a job teaching mechanics and I was making them laugh. And, and I said, you know, I want to be a comic. Like it was just a thing. I had a, a feel about it. And my AA sponsor, he was a guy who was like, well, you can do that. Because, like, nobody, you know what I mean? Like, So, wait a second. You're, you're actually somebody... training these people at, while you're using humor in training them. Oh, absolutely. Because aerospace. Did you, like, whack them with an airplane part? No. You were, like, the, the carrot top of, <laughs> no, <laughs> of the, aerospace. <laughs> the two, two things are really funny in aerospace. One, it's a very precision business. And when I say yeah. it's precision, I'm talking about tolerances, like, of 30 thousandths of an inch. In other words, when two pieces have to mate if they're off by 50 thousandths of an inch, you're like, okay, you got to call engineering or throw it away. Wow. Now, to give you an idea what that is, if that was your car, the mechanic's like, well, get a bigger hammer, make it fit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which we did sometimes too, but not, not on the book. But, but so there's a lot of well, things. Your lives like that. at stake there's, here too. Yeah, I mean, you and, can't make the mistakes. But it could be very boring. It's very dry. It's like, okay, right. today we're going to go over 17 different types of bolts, you know, <laughs> and, and how to measure. And it's, so you have to have a sense of humor to make that funny. Right. But the other thing was this program, I was at McDonnell Douglas, and they had a, a deal with the unemployment department that if people were on unemployment, 
they could come to this training program, learn the basics of putting together a plane. When I say basics, I'm talking just drilling holes and inserting bolts and rivets and stuff. Not any of the, you know, not avionics. You're not going to become an engineer in six weeks, but you're going to learn how to bang rivets and get a job. Right. It's not a DeVry situation. Right. So <laughs> we, we got people from any background you could imagine, and that's where the humor came from. I had one guy who was a bounty hunter. And half literally, the time, like half that's what he did for a living. He was asleep in class. It's like, hey, what's wrong with you? I was on a stakeout last night. <laughs> we were following a guy. You know, literally, that's what he was doing. That's his day job. That's his day job right. while he's training for aerospace. I had a uh, Raiderette, a Raiders cheerleader, and this is when I found out cheerleaders get paid nothing. Yeah, <laughs> like, this was a tall, beautiful girl. She, you know, and it's like she's like. I make seventy five dollars a game. I that's, can't live yeah. on that. That's right. You know, so, and we all so think that like, they, you know, they're a calendar girl and all this right. kind of. They're, well, they're they bringing in. They're they, bringing in. They'll do anything. To yeah, bring that's another two hundred. You know, I did the calendar. So she was like, <laughs> and here, okay. and by the way, they're not allowed to sleep with the rich players. No, that's all part of the part, yeah, part of the deal. Yeah, it's like here we're getting you seventy five dollars. You get nothing else. They're not allowed to sleep with the players, and they don't want to sleep with the aircraft instructor. <laughs> <laughs> I know you tried. That's but based on personal knowledge. It was, it was uh, so. The humor came from people like that who were like, okay, what is your job before you got here? You know, we would laugh. And then they would ask me stories about airplanes because, again, people are fascinated. Like, oh, my God, you work with airplanes. And it's like, yeah, but you're still a mechanic. And to us, it's like this is just another raggedy airplane. Like, if you think the bottom of your car is dirty, you know, when a 737's been flying for 14 hours and then it's like, oh, we need you to change something. It's like, well, for the first hour, you're cleaning just to find the part you have to change. Right. Like, you and, got a flock of seagulls you know, in yeah, there. People are like, oh, my God, it's amazing. How are you going to get that out? Like, listen, I'm going to cover it with tape and defer maintenance to Denver. <laughs> I, I ain't fixing this thing. It's raining outside, you know. And so so I would tell my stories. But it, but it was a humor thing. And, and you know, the, the people, like I said, the people at Studio 12 who I met, said, you can be a comic, try it. And I did. I, I literally... You had a ha-ha moment. Did, yeah, I did my... Um, a girl who I was dating at the time gave me an ad for a comedy class with a writer. And, you know, I did the six weeks to write that first five minutes. And I did it. And, and I was absolutely hooked. I mean, literally, it was the second time that on stage. That was your new crack. The first time on stage <laughs> right. was the L.A. Cabaret. You remember the cabaret. Mm -hmm. and in the valley. They had the open mic in the bar. Mm -hmm. And I did, like, two jokes, and I froze. Like, my, <laughs> my brain stopped. I couldn't remember what I was supposed to say. And I'm sorry. Ah, ah, ah. and, I, and I walk away. That was, like, on a Wednesday. Then Saturday was the graduation where they have the big supportive crowd at the theater. And, and I killed on that, and I was, I was absolutely hooked. Yeah, that was, that was my first moment. And, and at that moment, I was literally like, this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to fix airplanes anymore. How soon till you quit uh, that job? Well, I was already getting laid off. I, oh, okay. I, you know, <laughs> I was within my 60-day... You were inspired day, in many ways. Yeah, I was in my 60-day layoff thing, but I decided I wasn't going to look for another aircraft job. Right. Like, even getting laid off was funny, because in the 80s, again, <laughs> the aerospace business is up and down, you know, so Lockheed has a contract, then they lose it, so they lay off 5,000 people, but Rockwell just picked up something, so they hired. So you, it's kind of a migrant worker, mm -hmm. high-paid <laughs> migrant worker building airplanes, right? So right. when... We're moving the family to Camarillo, because that's uh, where the yeah, work is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So when my layoff came at McDonnell Douglas, my supervisor was this young woman out of uh, college, out of engineering school, 
and she has to lay me off, and she's all like, I, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, and so I walked her through firing me. It's like, listen, it's going to be okay. I've been through this before. Come on, let's go to personnel. I signed the paperwork, and I'll show you where to. I literally walked her through firing me. And she's like, you're really okay with this. I'm like, hey, it's a business. I've done it before, you know. And uh, has yeah, she been? So, have you ever seen her since? Has she ever been to a show? I haven't. I haven't seen her, but I have seen guys I worked with, yeah. and um, I get hit hit up on like Facebook and Twitter. Like there was one I settled a bet where this guy's in Houston and he's still in the aerospace business. And he's like, I bet my wife you were my instructor in 1991. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, Yeah, I was. But what do you win? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you win for that. I'm, so yeah, I still encounter people from them. But yeah, that was, so that was my first. Ha ha moment, as you so aptly described. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, there's another factor that I wanted to talk to you about. This goes for stage and your firing, is you're intimidating. You're an intimidating force. Now you do know that, right? Well, I don't. I don't. I'm not the first no, to, to see, mention this. See, here's the thing. Yeah, it, I look intimidating. I'm really not, and I don't think of myself as intimidating at all. You know why? Because where I grew up, everybody was big. Really? Yeah, like yeah. I'm, I honestly out of a. Out of, say, a dozen guys I hung out with growing up, only two guys were less than six feet tall. Yeah. And one of them was like 5'10". Did that motivate you like, to lift weights? Because you, you're, you're no, also like, buffed. I mean, of, you're not just big. You're well, buffed. Everybody who I knew was my size. We all played ball and stuff like that. So it wasn't – so to be like 6'4", 220 wasn't like in the real world people were like wow you're big to us it was like yeah okay yeah you're the point so, guard <laughs> right. <laughs> right so when i started playing ball on a more serious level like once i moved out here and i played in a lot of adult leagues i started playing ball with guys now you know this is when i'm a kid right i'm 18 19 20 so i'm 63 but i only weigh like a buck 70 buck 80 really right yeah so i'm playing with guys who had played division 1 college ball few guys had played mm-hmm. You know, been drafted in the pros, didn't make it, whatever. There's and an they, awakening there. They're, they're throwing you around, <laughs> yeah, because they're, they're men, right? And they're like, you better get your ass in the gym. Like you gotta, <laughs> you gotta man up in here. Cause I'm not. Think, I'm that way with my teen son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, you he, gotta, you he, got about four more years, right? <laughs> right. Before, <laughs> like you, you still have man strength, and he don't have that yet. And knowledge. Yeah, but in about four years, he's gonna be like, Dad, you gonna be all right? <laughs> you gonna be okay? Please Dad? don't tell me it's four years. <laughs> it's gonna, yeah, I'm it's, hoping it's. It's 10. No, it ain't going to take that long. <laughs> because he's motivated. Every year he's getting stronger, you're getting weaker. Every year. Thanks for bringing works. that up. I hate to remind, you know. But but so I, I got stronger. But, again, I never thought of myself as intimidating because it was never my thing. I was never a I'm going to beat you up kind of guy. I was never a violent guy. But people see me that way. Yeah, they and do. And then once I start talking and they see the sense of humor, then they're like, oh, he's, you know, nothing. Now, I'll tell you who's never been intimidated by me is women. Women have always been like, ah, oh, he's big, but he's a pussycat. I'm not, <laughs> not really. sure. I was a little, they, little intimidated at first. Yeah, there. that's a woman but right I'm there like feeding you right back there. Alonzo, you're in denial. No, <laughs> <laughs> there, no but, I'm not. No, really. And and now I'm old. Now it's like, you kidding? I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. You know, it, it all looks good on the outside. It hurts on the inside. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work well. Do you talk about your hurt on stage? I haven't found you to be uh, the type that really gets to that vulnerable spot. Am I wrong? I haven't seen your act no, in a while. You know, you know why? Because Exploring that? years ago, I guess, um, and it's probably after Last Comic Standing. Last Comic Standing was probably the, the last time I really, my act had much to do with my life. Like, more and more, 
the topical and political stuff has become so much more interesting and funny to mm -hmm. me that I just don't talk about me much. Really? I do I do some of the dating material or, you know, some of that stuff. Like, like right now I have a situation that's hilarious to me, right? My brother's, excuse me, my brother needs a kidney. Right? So, <laughs> Hilarious. So, so I'm going. I didn't, I didn't see that going that, yeah. so in that I'm, direction I'm on going dating. Through, I'm going through the testing to give him a kidney, but I'm like, but we we need to talk about these childhood ass whippings because I, you know, <laughs> you was whipping my ass on a regular basis from ages two to twelve. Now you need me. Well, we're going to talk about payback. <laughs> you know, so what are you going to give him a wedgie and a swirly? Or no, I, I don't know. I haven't figured out what before it's gonna you be, do, before like, you listen, donate the kidney. Yeah, are you going to slow down? You need me now. You're gonna, he's got to go through a hazing period. Yeah, that's right. Let me, let me punch you in that bad kidney a few times. <laughs> let me give you a few kidney shots. I'm replacing it anyway. <laughs> so, you know, I'll joke about stuff like that. But, but the, the pain and what goes on inside. And I was joking about physical pain just now, which I do definitely joke about that. But, um, you know, the emotional and mental stuff that comics go through, you can make it work on stage. I, I don't because I love the topical and political material, so I don't talk as much about me personally. It's not that I'm hiding it or anything. It's just that whenever I think I'm funny, somebody public does something so much funnier. You know, <laughs> we, we, have, we have such idiots. Like like Herman Cain is coming out with this Internet TV network. That's right, yeah. Cain.tv or something. I got nothing that funny. I got nothing. And he's not trying can, either. No, it, I got nothing that could compare to that, you know, and, and you know, so... So that's what I talk about. What I find, though, with uh, politics is uh, it really is personal. It's still your personal perspective oh, and your what resonates absolutely. with you as false, which we're we you do enjoy calling people on not being genuine or you call or hypocrisy, which is politics is filled with it. So your personal feelings about that come across on stage. Yeah. And, and for me personally, and this is what my whole who's paying attention is about. I don't get mad at the politicians. Like, politicians are liars, but that's their job. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. what they do. They they lie. Roger Clemens, we're accusing you of lying to Congress. If you didn't lie to Congress, congressmen could never talk to each other. <laughs> They'd literally be like, man, it's quiet in here. Session's know? over. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the people I blame is the media because no one holds them accountable that's anymore. Right. Yeah. There was a time when they were held accountable to what they said, and a reporter would actually, like, have a piece of paper in his hand and say, hey, on August 16th, you know, 2007, you said blah, blah, blah. And today you're saying blah, blah, blah. But now the reporters just smile and nod and okay. they look really good. <laughs> we, they, we have a beautiful press corps. How about the women? It's, it's like they're stunning. getting them at Hooters and strip clubs. Fox, Fox News, I've been to their building. I don't know if you've ever been to yeah, their building. Yeah, I have been. I've been on there. Yeah. Isn't it like a weird Stepford blonde thing? <laughs> Unbelievable. Like hot young blondes. Uh, no, I'm not kidding. They're everywhere. Like they're, that's right. It's, it's like this is what an American woman is supposed to look like, huh. and this is all we hire. And you know what they do? And they all look exactly the same. Hmm. They give them. Uh, the, if you ever watch the desk of the news, yeah. which used to be Walter Cronkite about you know behind yeah. a desk with a, with a microphone, they they have glass. They have glass at the desk so you can see their legs, what they're wearing. Walter yeah. Cronkite probably was nude. <laughs> You know, <laughs> under the desk. Who knows what he yeah. had? Well, you didn't know what he had on. But now I'm looking at their legs, and that's attractive to people. It's 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 unbelievable. And here's the thing that I have a feeling about with the media: I cannot stand when people just accept that label of it's the liberal media. Yeah, well, that... it's it's far from it because 
Every single show is sponsored by a wealthy corporation. Therefore, anything they say is tainted and comes from that space. Well, Otherwise, just, are they going to investigate Monsanto and tell the truth? No, they'll be shut down. Right. It's, it's not just sponsored by a wealthy corporation. It's actually owned, owned by and a wealthy corporation. You know, GE. Can you imagine going into the president of GE and go, you know, we're going to do an expose on you? Yeah. On, oh. You know, <laughs> Disney owns ABC. Right. And you're like... You know, we're going to do something about corporations not paying taxes. Uh, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the, that, that's how that's what it's like backstage well, with them because they're not they're not saying we need to get to the news. It's because they they manipulate the news. I maintain, and you know, younger people aren't going to know what I'm talking about. But in today's environment, there would be no Watergate. It would yeah. not have happened. They yeah. would have not have allowed reporters to bring down the government. They mm. would they would have claimed national security. Right. And they would have denied their access to certain so sources, right. and they, they would have made it go away. Yes, unless yeah. there were strippers involved. Yeah, well. Yeah. No, even then, <laughs> they, they love, well, they love intrigue like they, that. They, they that, like that they will focus on, but, because it's like show business. They, you know, tits and ass is going to sell. That's why they, was ever kidnapped that we follow, they're always a good-looking white girl. Those are the only people who are kidnapped. So <laughs> right. Only good-looking You'll never white see Lucretia girl. from the hood. <laughs> no, there's never. And then we're going to go talk to her principal. You know, you know who never gets kidnapped? Who? Asians. <laughs> yeah. And Asians. I got a thing for Asians. They should put some, yeah, have some Asians, of that. Asians never get kidnapped. You know, when's the last time someone swiped a Puerto Rican? It doesn't happen. <laughs> Puerto Rican women are hot. I know. You know. But nobody steals a Puerto Rican. But if they well, they'll steal, get their ass kicked if, yeah, <laughs> if they steal Puerto Rican. They'll get hit. Anyway, we, we have that's the, the music for the break. Alonzo Bowden, this is going by very fast, Alonzo. You better get to some jokes. Right. And he's All at right. the Ice House <laughs> on July 15th, July 22nd, a Sunday night. It's called the In Other News Show, right? Thank you. Yes. yes. Go yeah. check him out. Go check him out at but the Ice House. And back. also check out, is it AlonzoBowden.com, right? AlonzoLive.com. Alonzo, oh, I like that. That's better than trying to spell Bowden or pronounce it, <laughs> which he's had to deal with that. Me with the Schumacher, I identify. But Alonzo Bowden is our very special guest, and uh, we have more coming right up after after these words from corporate sponsors. Do, do people make that mistake and call you Schumacher? You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Hey, it's Heidi and Frank for ScoreBig.com. There's been two ways to get tickets up until now. You can go to the venue or team site and buy your tickets directly, or you can go to the big ticket sellers, the scalpers, if the tickets for the really big events are sold out. And you can pay way, way over face value. Who wants to do that? Who would do that? Nobody! That's stupid. You don't have to do that anymore, thanks to ScoreBig.com, a great website where you always pay less than retail, and you never, ever, ever pay any ticketing fees at ScoreBig.com, and you can save up to 60% on tickets. Every ticket on the Scorebig website is below retail price. Guaranteed. Great events. Lakers, Clippers, Kings, USC, UCLA basketball, Disney Hall, Kevin Theater. Mention specific teams in a list. Well, you did. <laughs> and uh, I think that's uh, perfect the way you did Those that. were teams in Southern California, but Scorebig.com is everywhere. everywhere. I just had a, I got a tweet. Global. I got a tweet from a guy saying he's got his Giants tickets and he saved 30%. Awesome. Thanks, Scorebig.com. And that's what we're talking about. Uh, not just nosebleed seats, everything from the floor to the rafters. And again, no service or shipping fees ever. Your offer at Scorebig.com is what you pay. Always less than retail, never any fees, scorebig.com. Then type in Heidi and Frank to get uh, the, the passcode. Skip the line. Yeah. Start shopping right away. V- get your tickets today. VIP treatment. Don't here. wait. <laughs> type in Heidi and Frank. Do it right now. What are you still sitting here for? S-C-O-R-E-B-I-G.com. Proof why I was never a cheerleader. I can't spell. There's more proof than that.
If you miss the Farley Brothers... Well, I think it's also that creepy... Like, you know, have you ever been in, like, a big group? Like, you get this mentality and just not even thinking right anymore. Like, no. Mob, 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 mob mentality. mentality. It's I was, awesome. I was it's arrested. a high like you've never seen. I was arrested for inciting a riot in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? That's God. the coolest thing ever. All charges That's were That's great. Yeah, How when did... the Broncos won. And what did you do? I... Lifted your shirt up. I did. Yeah. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> The Farley Brothers, Wednesday afternoons at 2 Pacific, only on the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening to you. Would either of you like a drink before we take off? Yes, we would like one of your finest champagnes. Champagne. <laughs> To the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Alonzo and I were just talking off the air about our business manager, and uh, she doesn't listen, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> we can't even get our people to listen. No, we have a, a very large audience. We've grown and grown and grown over the fifteen weeks. 
but none of them are people that I know. Yeah, there's maybe one at every show that raises their hand. My mom might spy on me. I'm not sure if my mom Really? Is. I haven't talked to her in years. Yeah, my mom can't be bothered with me. Yeah, well, mine too, but yeah. unless it involves her. I, I have to tell you, and it was one of my, it's one of my favorite things. My mom has turned into the little old lady gambler. <laughs> like since she's retired, she's been retired almost twenty years. With the purse, and yeah, they go to Atlantic City and they go to yeah. all the New York casinos and stuff. So when I was taping my Showtime special, which I taped at NYU, mm-hmm. I said, "Mom, I'm coming in to tape a TV special." Blah, blah. Oh, you should have told me. We already got plans. <laughs> There's a new casino opening. Honestly, it was like the the opening weekend of a new casino. She said, yeah, we we go into the casino. Well, I see it when it's on TV. And, and people think I'm kidding. It's like, no. And, and if you ask, like, my brother or sister, they'll tell you. I'll say, oh, yeah, new casino versus son on TV? That's not even close. <laughs> it's not even. A, it wasn't even a hard decision. It wasn't even let me well, think about it. It wasn't a pause. It was, no, it was, okay, well, that day, and, and yeah, that, that day's gone. And you that's should. what motivates us. We're at least longing for a pause let, let just, just a something. pause i'll take that first like, we'll build a foundation upon the pause but can you at least like you know i i was i've told the story before but i won this big award and there's fifteen thousand people i'm thinking my mother will finally love me and approve of me and robin williams is standing there and I, my film on the independent film festival i call her up i go mom my film on the independent film festival i'm staring with robin williams who wants to talk to you because i said we talked to my yeah. oh, love master's mother oh yes and she goes, that's very nice, Craig. You know not to call me during Jeopardy. <laughs> As she's hanging up, she, I got to go. I hear, who is Anwar Sadat? So she has to answer one more question. She can't even take a pause and go, congratulations. Or, you know, I mean, it's, it, and that's the, those are the moments that, don't you think that that's what really drives us? Well, Isn't it that I really honest, true? Not, yeah? on the, not on the level of like wanting that approval. Yeah. To me, my mother Gave up on is, that. No, my mother is the funniest person I know. So to me, it's the humor of it. Right. That, that's where I get I get so much from my mom. My mom forgets my birthday, like literally completely. Forgets, How many siblings do you have? Uh, two. So, I, so it's not like there's a lot. Yeah, of I know. It's not like it's the Waltons or eight and, is enough and, or something. She just has two birthdays to remember. I will literally call her up and I'd be mom. Forty some odd years ago. <laughs> yelling screaming you were the center of attention <laughs> everybody was waiting for it she, oh you your birthday was last week yeah but but we laugh about it i love that yeah. about her you know the the approval thing i'll tell you when it really came my dad now you talk about the intimidating presence if i have it that's where i inherit it my he, dad he has an intimate stoic you know he passed away a few years ago but just just the stoic doesn't smile the kind of guy got up, went to work every day for 30 some odd years. Yeah. You know, like when he retired, he had a year and a half of sick days because he never took one in his 30 some odd year career. You know what I mean? Oh, you know yeah. The type. yeah. You I, know met, the type. I met him. I, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. but so, by the way, I'm going to feed back to you what everyone always feeds back with me is like, I thought he was uh, really uh, engaging. <laughs> right? well, That's you your met, perspective. You met retired grandfather. Oh, right. That's yeah. a different guy. Different guy. Yeah. Doesn't have the stoic right. thing as much. Yeah, yeah, when when your grandkids were born, when my yeah. sister had kids, we saw a side to my dad. Even my mother was like, I've never seen this man before in my life. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> Who this man is? It, it, it changes people. When people have grandkids, for a lot of them, it's like, yeah, the the because the grandkids pull it right out of them, you yeah, know. And that yeah. was a difference. But when I um, was in the semifinals of Last Comic Standing, and this was one of the great moments for me with my dad in my life. And um, he was in L.A. on some other business, and you know how TV is they they do everything first class, so they send a town car to pick him up. And they bring him to the show, and yeah. they put him in a special seat, and blah, blah, blah. And they, they showed a picture of him, 
and he had a tear coming down his eye oh. when I was on stage. Oh. And that was oh. the greatest moment because that was him saying, yeah. I love you yeah. and I'm proud of you yeah. like nothing before. And he couldn't say it, yeah. but you could see it in that moment. And it was what was funny was after the show, people were like, you have to get that to Oprah. She'll have you on tomorrow. It was like, like that, it was like that moment. If Oprah saw that moment, you'd be on her show tomorrow. Yeah, you'd be the next be Tyler Perry. About, yeah, they'd be talking about, oh, he was a drug addict, and now he's on Last Comic Stand, and right. his father. And his, but I didn't have any people who got me to Oprah, so here I am <laughs> on Craig Shoemaker's podcast. But no, that was a uh, that would. That but was you brought us back to that memory, and I had chills. And I know everyone in the studio. I can speak for them. Had chills in that moment because we all know what that's like. Yeah, is 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 you don't need the words. No, you don't need the words. It's 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 all right there yeah. if if you're present enough to see it and feel it, and you are. And yeah, I, by the way, I want to thank you for something. You just gave us a real vulnerable side to you, and I loved it. Well, it, it's true. And because We're not intimidated anymore, Alonzo. You just blew it. <laughs> that's, you know, my dad, probably your dad, too. We're about the same age. They're from a generation where men didn't have emotion. Yeah. Like, men didn't show anything. Men didn't, you know, like, I'm proud of you. With like, yeah. At best, you'd get a punch in the head or something. You know what I mean? Like, that yeah. That was what your dad did. It was, it was a different time, and they were different they were raised in a different time. In Not a huggers way. either. No, no. Oh, so. man, that, 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 my father, if I see him, that hand is extended like through two rooms. Yeah. Before yeah, you're going to exactly. touch his body. Like they would <laughs> stiffen up on a hug oh, or something. I, I you know? tried it too, by the yeah. way. How about that stiff moment? And yeah. it's so awkward where they're going, is my son a homosexual? I mean, right, you just right. wonder what they're thinking. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm just giving you a hug. And it's like, I cannot, it's a brick. It's, yeah. it's like mortar. I mean, I can't even believe how stiff one can get. From yeah. just from just that exchange of what I think I think I love hugging, and I you know I'm just completely comfortable with myself in doing that. But certain people of that, especially that generation, yeah, it's, they it's, look at it like you're out of your mind. And and sometimes I'm like that too. I I have that where sometimes the physical contact I'm like, all right, don't touch me like that's. If, you have that too. So yeah, you inherited yeah. that from your dad a yeah, little bit. Yeah. yeah, you're not much of a hugger. Come no, to think of it, I've no. known you for years. I don't. I can't think of a good hug. By the way, <laughs> it's it's. I'm sorry about that, Craig. It's gonna it, now that you've been vulnerable on our yeah, show, we'll, and I saw a little tear we'll in there. We're, we're gonna hug later. All right, <laughs> gonna we'll get you a little I'm gonna have an embrace with Alonzo Bowden. This is gonna be big. Put that in your press kit. You're like a hug rapist. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Oh, some I've had, women will say that that guys I know. are too, like they're, I know. they're creepy. Like there's a certain amount of time you can hold on. And then if they hold on beyond that, right, then yeah. it gets weird. I don't really think you have that, but I think it's more like, I'm going to tell you I'm going to hug rape you. <laughs> like, what so in the world are you talking about? This is something, you, what do you have, Alonzo here to back you up, so now you think you can expose <laughs> oh, this to me? this one on me. This is something. No, that... I... She thinks she has a teammate now, so now she's able to express herself. with the... What's that? Now, what is this about? No. You're not going to do the metaphysical fist bump where you're not really touching. Is no, it metaphysical? I... Well, it was because you didn't actually fist bump. You put it in the oh, air. Craig, and it's he... not something to get defensive about. I was I'm just not joking. defensive. I am. I'm processing. <laughs> I was just kidding. You love hugs, and that was. I do, but it. when you use the word rape with my hug, I'm now going to think about it every single time. I'm never going to hug you again. But here's because this the, is what I'm thinking. You're thinking. Do you think that I'm actually? Oh, I'm really sorry. Okay, <laughs> that I just had a think, witty comment. No, do you think, it here? was a witty comment. I want to know how much truth. We talked about how I truth to, is in comedy. I have to jump in here because this okay. is a great 
comedy moment, listeners. <laughs> what you're hearing now, Craig rips on people all day. This is just what comics do. But when you aim the joke at us, we're like, hey, wait a minute. Whoa. Whoa, there's some meaning behind that. Now, what are you saying? Am I, am I a rapist now? Or, you know what I mean? Like, like, you could do a bit about the hug rapist for 20 minutes, and that's hilarious. But the minute you turn it toward us, you're like, hey, 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 there's no need to get personal. We were, we were okay. And, and every that's comic not does true. that. When you turn, that's why a roast is so hard to sit oh, there and be roasted. Oh, yeah. Because the comic is used to being in the attack mode. And when you have to take the attack, it's oh. one thing like with the actors and whatever there, you know, but, but when you roast a comic, he's like, I gotta, I gotta listen to this. Yeah. Like, and, Have you ever been roasted? No, I haven't. Been I will roasted. never subject myself been, to that ever. I've done roasts, so I've been roasted in the sense of being oh, right. Dais. You're one like, of the day. Yeah. The so they give you a couple jabs. Yeah, you get your jabs, but but we're the ones who, when they say it, we're like, hey, wait, what are you saying? You you really mean that? You know? And <laughs> yeah, we're not good at taking a joke. Oh, we're I'm I'm to up. the point where I won't even sign a wall backstage of a comedy club <laughs> because I know that this is like this is just ripe for roasting. Just having my name on the wall they're going you're going i'm part of the dais all of a sudden i'm in the ch and, and, and they heckle you on the wall so i won't i won't sign a wall again i go what do i need to sign a wall anyway yeah right i have two walls that i've signed and one of them i regret and i had to take a damn magic marker and i had to paint over what they said about yeah. me. well you, you get a lot of that on the internet now right uh, yeah we which i won't this. go we went through this with last comic standing when we were working as judges oh we, we would get crucified yeah. on websites you know and and kathleen Madigan put it in perspective. She was like, well, they're just angry middle acts. Of course they are. Like, and they're sitting there posting on the web all day how much they hate this comic and how much that comic's a hack and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, well, what are you doing? Well, mm -hmm. I'm posting on the Internet how much Sarah I Sarah and I hate, talked blah, about blah, this blah. the other day. She was talking about the alternative comics, you know, who can be the nastiest. I said, these are just people that don't know how to do it, so they're frustrated, so they t try to take you down. Yeah, the alternative thing. They're alternative to funny. It's always, well, <laughs> a lot of times, I, I know. And they read their groceries list, and they think, if you don't get this, then there's something wrong with you. And they have that elitist attitude. My thing with the um, alternative comics is the best alternative comics are comics. You know, David Cross is a comic. Mm -hmm. Patton Oswalt is a comic. Mm -hmm. I don't care what label you put in front of him. When Patton Oswalt does an hour of stand-up, it's stand-up, and it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. you now, he may be telling stories and, you know, and not doing mm -hmm. set-up punch, mm -hmm. but Patton Oswalt's not going to exactly rip out his gross, whip out his grocery list and read it to you or something. Right. He's right. going to tell you something that yeah. for some reason is a very funny story. You're going to see it through his eyes. And I've seen him do his hour, you know, and mm -hmm. it killed. And it's like, no, he's a comic. You... You can claim him as alternative to try mm -hmm. to legitimize your movement, <laughs> but he is a stand-up comic. Okay, Andy, and there are punchlines, by the way. Yeah, there Andy, have to be. Andy Kindler is a stand-up comic. Now he does jokes that no one gets. <laughs> he does, but that's the brilliance of it. Like what I love about yeah. Andy is Andy will tell a joke, and four people in the audience will laugh because they're the only four who get it. But he's still telling a joke. Mm -hmm. He's not. He's not an angry guy who's standing up there. You know. Just listening his resentment. Right. Yeah. Complaining about the cost of designer shoes or some, you know, right. and, and how it oppresses children in Guatemala. Listen, I maintain to this day, Nikes have never been as good as when the kids in Guam made <laughs> The kids in Guam could, there was a, you'd see, they would, like, you used to know what size you wore. And now that there's inconsistent sizing, and it, the kids in Guam, they knew, they were like, listen, man, I'm making Nikes. 
I got a job. You know what I mean? They, it was an agreement. We were okay with it. They were okay with it. I don't need to know. You, you, you get these people, can I show you what happens to the cow before you eat it? I don't care. <laughs> I'm sorry, cow. I was born higher on the food chain. You, you lost this round. Perhaps after reincarnation, I will come back as you and really care about the treatment of cows. And someone's listening to this right now, and they're going to go on the Internet and talk about how I'm a terrible person, how much I hate cows. And to them, I say, you should see how I treat spotted owls. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, because I'm a gift to cows compared to what I do to those weird little birds. <laughs> You're not eating spotted owls now, are you? Spotted owl tastes just like well-done baby seal. It has a <laughs> tanginess to it that is delicious. And now, to see, the people that do react, they don't understand. the It's, it's irony. It's nuance. Right. It's, it's, you know, there's, it's comedy. And, and yeah, it's, it's comedy. And they don't get that that's the truth. It's just you're just expressing truth. It's yeah. not actual truth. No, I, I it's hope not. not. No, <laughs> it's just something. I'm not going to visit you and I'll see a baby seal at the front door. <laughs> no. But, uh, you know, by the way, I wanted to talk to you about, the, you know, the, we, we mentioned these moments that we have, the ha-ha moments or the, you know, the moments of transformation or transition into you know, getting better at what I you a do. I great story about that for you, but go ahead. Uh, I was going to mention Just for Laughs. Yes, that's the story I was going to tell. See, do you see how I read? Yeah, got it. See, <laughs> we were talking earlier. You know, Alonzo, you probably don't like this. You might respond like D.L. Hughley did, but I have a consciousness that's going on. It's really crazy, this channel that's going on. So you're, you're that okay. and I had it in my notes to ask you. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, honestly, there, there's... Um, there was a moment, like, I'm lucky enough to know the moment I became a comic. Yeah. Literally the moment. That you that had was, the moment. Yeah. Okay. In, Clear. In 1997, Just for Laughs, I was doing New Faces. Now, New Faces, a comedy at Just for Laughs, especially in the 90s, was the big break. Yeah, it was. Right? Yeah. It was like you can make a deal. Now, people blah, that don't blah, blah, know, blah. this is in Montreal. They have a comedy festival. It used to be televised. It was a really, really, really big deal. Yeah. They have celebrity hosts, and it's this thing. They have all different shows. I'm just trying to describe right. for everyone that doesn't know. And you're you're all over Montreal, which is the greatest town ever. Yes, it's like being in France, but you don't have to make the take. You don't have to go too far. Yeah, and it is so metropolitan and cosmopolitan and all that, and it's wonderful. And it's and it's by the way, summer camp for comics. Yeah, you're, it's the it's the Cannes Film Festival for comics, and they it, put you yeah. in different shows, and you're right. in the New Faces show because you were basically new at the time. Oh, at the time I'd been doing comedy four years, so so I'm definitely new, and. Um, the, Dom Herrera was a host, mm -hmm. right? So Dom's one of my heroes. Because one of my first jobs in comedy, I was a doorman at the Laugh Factory. Oh. So I got to see everybody. I knew who people were, but they knew me. I'm the doorman. You mm -hmm. know, I would do a spot here or there or whatever. So, so anyway, um, and the setup is a horseshoe-shaped room. Downstairs is all audience. Upstairs on the balcony is all industry. Industry meaning Producers, Hollywood people. They're there to agents, see if they can get the new discovery, and they're right. there. They want to sign someone. And, at that and there's time, a feeding frenzy sometimes because they want to be the one that has yeah. that scores the big one who they has a new to series. Make these that, development deals yeah. with comics, and they'd write you a big fat check, like six figure check. Mm -hmm. You know, we're gonna basically like think of sports like the NBA draft. Yeah. They're like, we're looking for rookie comics to draft. We're pulling them out of the market with this much money. And here's a signing of, bonus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I'm doing my set in New Faces. Now, I knew how big it was, but I'm a comic. I'm not a Hollywood comic, so I have comic instincts. In other words, I don't have to stay on script or whatever. Like, my instinct is make people laugh, right? Mm -hmm. So I do this joke where, you know, in, in Canada, as you know, big hockey place. I, I don't like hockey. 
right? So the crowd started, boo, boo, boo. I said, shut really? up. Said, shut up. I don't like hockey because the only thing black is the puck. <laughs> every time they look, I look, they're hitting it with a stick. <laughs> and now golf, on the other hand, right? <laughs> so now now I get the big... Now, wait a minute. Is that an ad lib or is that no, part this of is the, this is the this is the bit. This is my act. Yeah, okay. But So my manager who you knew, a guy named Rick Rogers. Yeah. Rick comes down after my set. And are we censored here? No. no. Uh, okay, so Rick literally says to me, you are about to make a ton of fucking money. He said, and the key word is ton of fucking. Because <laughs> he said, we were, everybody's upstairs, the industry's talking about, when you told the crowd at New Faces to shut up, he said, everyone stopped, looked down, and said, who is that? Wow. Yeah, he said, he said, and, and. So it wasn't even a joke that you no, told. No, it wasn't a joke. He's like, you know, because to me, again, as a comic, when the crowd, uh, you, you shut up, right? But in new faces, I'm supposed to be all nervous and not know mm -hmm. how to handle it and <laughs> stuff, but, but I'm not a Hollywood comic. I'm a real comic. Mm -hmm. So, so my instinct is shut up and own the crowd. And, um, I ended up making a deal. You know, it didn't go anywhere, but it, they let me keep the money. Which was great. Yeah. But more importantly, guys like Dom Herrera and George Wallace and George Lopez and Joe Rogan, they were all up there. And now I was a comic to them. I wasn't the doorman wow. at the Laugh Factory. Now I'm a comic. And, and literally, that's when I became a comic. You, wow. know? you pledged the fraternity that yeah. night. Yeah. Well, it was great. great we're glad night. you're in the fraternity. That music means, uh, I bet you don't have music and a producer telling you have one minute to wrap it up <laughs> on have... your wonderful podcast, which is called... Who's paying attention? Who's paying attention? And they add music, but I don't do it. I, I just hear it, and I'm like, hey, that was pretty good. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can listen to it at Sideshow Network, or you can go to yeah, your... Or uh, iTunes, or, or iTunes. you can go to alonzolive.com. Alonzolive.com, there it all the is. Ice House, the 15th and the 22nd, Sunday. And I endorse, fully endorse, uh, this man. You go see him, you will have a wonderful time, and you will have laughter, which is what we're about here, is just, you know, spread it out. You don't have to see me or or you or see every comedy yeah. show that you can see, see. It live only the good ones though we don't want the guys reading their grocery list coming up next on the toad hub network stimulus package with dante and rebecca dante and rebecca uh and sidekick will have a jfk conspiracy show they will Ooh. have comedian and jfk buff andrew lisa political activist and writer and gay vigilante frank frank Cermak, the world famous authority on jfk he's the author of high tension the killing of a president and multiple other books on jfk Mr. Robert Gordon will be calling in from Dallas. Wow, that's a, that's a lot. I am actually. What happened I to might, your voice, Joel? I might, I might what, stick around for it? that one because I love conspiracies. I, I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go in the other room and listen. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I recommend that one also. And Dante, also a very funny comedian. But today it's about conspiracies. You stay tuned to the Toad Hop Network. We have uh, we have lots of shows coming up. Well, by the way, who do we have next week? Dan Loria. Dan Loria yeah. from the Wonder Years. He was the father in the Wonder Years. Yeah. He played Lombardi on Broadway. Fabulous a new guy. Sitcom, and he's a new and sitcom called out. Sullivan Sons with two other comics. Anyway, uh, great day today. Hope you had a good time and uh, go laugh it off. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching.